Well, joining us now, fresh off her trip from, from Cooperstown and Biggio entering the Hall of Fame is MLB.com correspondent Allison Footer. Allison, watching it on television and listening to Peter Gammons describe it, it sounded like Astros fans were just everywhere. He said, looking down Main Street during the weekend ceremonies and during the weekend in general, he said 80% of the fans were wearing Astros gear. What was it like to be in kind of Astros Central down there at, up there at the Hall of Fame? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I mean, when we first got there, we got there Thursday night, and then uh, we were walking around Friday. That um, was with Richard Justice, and of course, he's you know very well known because he does a lot of national TV work on MLB Network. So a lot of people were coming up to him, and we were just meeting so many Astros fans. And then we just realized we're looking around and. You know, I estimated it at like 60% early on just because I thought it would be kind of a little bit, it just seemed to be a stretch to think that there were like more than that, that actually were Astros fans because they're wearing the orange. And so it stands out more than like, you know, the brave colors do. Um, But after a while, I'm like, this place is all Astros fans. I mean, it's everywhere you looked. It was just people in Astros gear. And um, I have to, I I recorded the ceremony because I wanted to kind of, I didn't get to see like the lawn area with all the fans. And I I sense that that was more 50-50 because people that were there for Pedro Martinez, largely from Boston, people just, you know, the Bostonians just had to drive in that day. Um, But for the most part, it was, it was just, um, it was amazing. I mean, I, I expected there to be a, a, a decent amount because, of course, Biggie was the first Hall of Famer and maybe the only one for a while, uh, you know, a guy who was drafted by the organization just means so much to people. But it was just crazy. I mean, I, I went into the gift shop at the Hall of Fame um, by Saturday. Like, they have, like, you know, just their general uh, merchandise, but then they also have things specific to the guys that are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. They have, like, a kiosk of Martinez and Smoltz and Johnson and – Bishop's was completely sold out of everything, of all the coins, the pins, T-shirts. Everybody else's were still, you know, they still had things in stock. So things just completely sold out, and that um, was just so telling. And people were just very impressed with how uh, how many Astros fans came out. It was just amazing. Allison, I've been to Cooperstown, and it's a fantastic experience for those that haven't gone there. Can you kind of, like, describe what it's like to go up to this small town in upstate New York and how it's devoted to baseball and why people should go there. If they weren't an Astros fan, they were able to make it there for the Craig Biggio induction. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you're a baseball fan, first of all, the hall of fame is beautiful. It's, um, it's just an amazing building. The, what they have on display, it's just funny because they have, what they have on display, I think is around maybe 20% of what they actually have in their possession uh, because you couldn't possibly put everything in the hall. They have uh, things archived and hidden away, and, you know, they change out the displays. But um, it just gives you such a basic understanding of the history of baseball, all the records, all of the great moments, all the great players. Um, and then the streets, it's just like being in a little village. And I mean, I, you know, I was trying to think, like, what I would compare it to, um, you know, like a, a really it's, – it's, it's like it would be like being in, like, Corpus Christi or being – in, uh, you know, like a tourist town in upstate New York, where it's just, um, it's just a lot of shops and a lot of restaurants and a lot of pubs and just things that are geared toward baseball and a lot of memorabilia shops, of course. Uh, but you can get everywhere in the city and you can just walk the entire thing. It's very, very small town. And um, I want to get back there when it's not Hall of Fame weekend. And um, this was a big one, obviously, because there are four guys going into the four fan bases that are pouring into the city. Um, so, you know, I asked Jeff Idelson, the president of the Hall of Fame, I saw him at the All-Star game, and 
I said, what, you know, what's it going to be like? He said, well, how many people live in Houston? I said, well, about 4 million. He said, okay, well, imagine 80 million coming into your city in one weekend. <laughs> and that's kind of what it is. It's just wall-to-wall people everywhere you go, and it's just it's fantastic. You wrote about uh, fans from Houston that drove 25 straight hours to get to the Cooperstown for this weekend. Tell that story. That's a great story. Yeah, so there's this uh, bar in the part of Cooperstown called Coolies, Um and it just kind of became like an Astros headquarters. Uh, they, you know, they were able to get the game, the Astros games on TV. So a lot of Astros fans were kind of congregated there. Um, and so being there, it was just like basically just wall-to-wall people from Houston. And um, some fans came up to us. You know, it was Brian McTaggart, Richard Justice. So people were, you know, kind of coming up and introducing themselves and chatting and taking pictures. You know, we're taking all these selfies. It was hilarious. And I just started talking to these people and, and they're like, yeah, we just, you know, we wanted to come up just to, for the induction, and we have to work on Tuesday, so we just kind of drove straight through. We're going to do the induction, and then we're going to drive back. And I, and then I, after a while, I said, wait a minute, wait, you drove up on Friday, and you didn't stop overnight, and you just got here. Like, yeah, we just got here. It was like it was in the evening. It was on Saturday after the parade, and um, and then they were going to be there staying in like Binghamton, which is far from Cooperstown. Saturday night, going to the ceremony on Sunday, and then heading back and driving. So it's 24 hours up, 24 hours in, in Cooperstown, 24 hours back. And uh, I said, I think I need to write a story about this. <laughs> so we stepped outside, and I turned on my little video thing on my phone, and we did an interview, and they were just, you know, they were a little tired, but they were like, this is, um, you know, once-in-a-lifetime experience. It means just everything to them as baseball fans and Astros fans. When are they going to have a chance to do this again? Uh, if you don't take advantage of going to see him now, you're not going to, it's not like there's going to be another induction. Um, and, you know, they were feeling a little, uh, one of the guys said, you know, about halfway through with the trip up here, I'm like, oh my God, I'm really kind of dreading thinking about the trip back. <laughs> um, but they had to work on Tuesday. I had to work Tuesday morning. So they said, we're going to get home at like, you know, in the wee hours, Tuesday morning, around midnight, one o'clock. And we got to be at work today. So we'll just suck it up. And, uh, and they had a wonderful time and it was pretty awesome. I, I really commend them. What was your favorite moment from Biggio's speech? For any of us who know Macalani and love Macalani, and that's pretty much anybody who knows him, uh, Matt was the longtime coach in the Astros system uh, for years and years on a major league level and AAA. So I'd say he probably was in the organization for, for about 40 years. Um, and he converted Biggio into, uh, from the catcher to second baseman. And it was hours and hours every day before, you know, the wee hours before spring training workouts started. And then right before the game, they'd just be on the backfield, um, just working and working. And, and basically, had Vision not made the move to second base, then he wouldn't have had a very long career and he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. And, and he knows that. Um, so he's really credited Maddie for everything that has ever good that's ever happened to him in his career. Um, and so, you know, singling him out, uh, telling him to stand up. It was just a really, you know, happy moment for any of us who who know him. Um, and just watching and standing there, like I've I've been watching these Hall of Fame ceremonies since I can remember. Um, of course, I watch them on TV. I love them. I listen to every speech, and I'm like, I'm sitting there, and there's Craig. <laughs> like, there's an Astro up there. Um, and you know, there's so many Astro fans there. There were so many people from from his life, from his you know people that worked for the organization that made a lot of former players, a lot of former employees, GMs managers. I mean, it was like a big reunion. Um, so, you know, just, just having him show his appreciation for a lot of the people and of course his family. Uh, it was just very cool. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned Magalante. We're going to have an interview with you with him later in the show. Oh, nice. 
Allison, I wanted to ask you about uh, Dr. John McMullen because he was somebody that Biggio mentioned in his speech and, and said he was a father figure. And a lot of people in Houston look at him as an enemy. I thought that was interesting that he made a, a special point to, about Dr. John McMullen and then also Drake McClain. Can you kind of describe these two owners that Biggio had during his career? Yeah, well, John McMullen was obviously the owner when he was drafted. And I believe that he and Yogi Berra actually went to watch him play when they were scouting him and deciding who they were going to pick for the, you know, their number one pick that year in the draft, 1987. Um, and, and I think that, you know, they were both from the Northeast. They had that bond. Uh, from a fan standpoint, you know, McMullen will always be remembered as the guy who would sign Nolan Ryan and let Nolan Ryan go. And I know it was, I was way before my time, but extremely dark time for the organization. Um, and so that's what sticks in fans' minds. The people who, play baseball, who, who work within the industry, work within the organization. It's not like black and white. It's not that definitive. Um, so he was a, a very good friend of Craig. He was a very good mentor. Um, he trusted him enough to draft him and, and watched him, you know, through the early stages of his career. But they did have that bond from being from the Northeast. And, and he was. He, he was a pallbearer at McMullen's funeral. Um, so, and, and then with Drayton, um, you know, Drayton was, I mean, he bought the team in, what, 92? So Craig was only like five years into his career at that point. So he and Drayton were together for the rest of the time. Um, and it's funny because the contract negotiations got very contentious, contentious later on in Bishop's career in that Craig was asked to move to center field. It was uh, not as smooth as I think the public might think it was. It was a very uh, tough time for everybody. Um, but, you know, they, there were times that they, that Craig was mad at Drayton, there were times that Drayton was mad at Craig, but they had a common goal, and the common goal was to keep Craig in an Astros uniform for the rest of his career and to have Craig stay on the team long enough to get 3,000 hits. And to be honest with you, like, I would say that in an honest moment, the general managers did not have that same feeling. Um, toward the end of Craig's career, it would have probably been a little bit better for the team had he not been the starting second baseman, but that was not anything that Drayton was willing to um, consider. And so Craig does owe him a heck of a lot, and I'm glad that Drayton was there. I'm glad that Craig you know, singled him out and thanked him because uh, you know, Drayton made all of this uh, happen. When we think of the uh, Astros, too, during that era, we always think Biggio and Bagwell. Bagwell was there at the ceremony. He probably had the opportunity to, to talk to him. Can you tell us about him these days, uh, Jeff Bagwell, and do you think he'll finally someday have his chance at Cooperstown as well? Well, I was talking to somebody who works in media relations at the Hall of Fame, and he's like this savant when it comes to just understanding the history, everybody's numbers, where they fit into the history, and he is convinced that Bagwell's getting in probably in two years. He said there's only been um, you know, two guys who have gotten as, as high as 60% of the vote and then not eventually been voted in. Um, so he's pretty convinced it's going to happen. I, I would think that Jeff has, I don't know, I, I've been a little bit skeptical. I don't feel that his chances are that great. I think they're more like 50-50. But next year on the ballot, the only first ballot uh, surefire guy is, is Ken Griffey Jr. And then most believe that Mike Piazza will be getting it next year because I think he came close to 70% of the vote this past year. So that is almost a guarantee. So it's about a little bit less crowded. These last two years have been problematic from just a crowded standpoint because um, you can only vote for 10. And with so many first-timers, you know, Pedro was a first-timer, and John Smoltz, Randy Johnson, um, it really it limited the amount of, of people that the voters could vote for. So it's cleared out a lot. 
and there seems to be some growing support for Bagwell. So, um, you know, I'll still reserve, um, you know, judgment because I just, I just don't know if it's ever going to happen, but there's a lot of people who think it's going to. Biggio spent two decades with the Astros and Randy Johnson spent two months with the Astros, but Hey, he mentioned the Astros. Biggio mentioned that time with Randy and the Astros. I don't know, Allison, you tell me you spent some time with, Randy, he still didn't look super comfortable up there giving the speech. He made a couple of jokes, but I thought it was still a little bit painful for Randy to, to give a 15-minute Hall of Fame speech. Look, my exposure to Randy Johnson was when he was here in 1998, and I was the low person on the media relations totem pole. It really did not really cross paths with him very much. My boss was like the Randy Johnson guy, and then the other two of us, handled the rest of the 24 guys and, you know, traveling with the team and doing the game notes and everything. But so he didn't even remember me. I met him uh, when I went over to Austin to do a story on him and Getty Lee, as we talked about. So, um, and he has, you know, I said, I said to him, I was working for the Astros in 98 when you were there. He goes, yeah, that's too, that's too much of my entire career. I'm like, well, that's uh, for sure. Um, so, you know, I think that it's kind of unfair to say, well, Randy Johnson you know, his his delivery wasn't as good as John Smoltz. We're talking about two different people. I mean, maybe, you know, Randy Johnson just isn't, um, you know, communication in that uh, realm is probably not a strong suit. I mean, not all of us are, you know, great public speakers. Um, I thought he did fine. I thought that he was probably nervous, and um, I think he's a much more emotional person than anyone gets credit for. He was so gracious and lovely when I met him in, in Austin, and and... Um, really got to see another side of him, and I think it's pretty genuine. Um, I think he's a very nice person, and I think he spoke from the heart. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's comfortable doing much except pitching and, you know, taking photographs. <laughs> so you saw him on stage. I don't know if you saw but he was, like, photographing the entire ceremony. I mean, he's, um, you know, he's got that in him. But um, I, I thought his speech was fine. Hey, the Astros had such a huge season this year, Allison, that uh, I got some bad news for you. Your tickets to the Taylor Swift concert at Minute Maid Park right. around playoff time is are changing right now, so you're going to have to make other plans. <laughs> well, I thought it was good that they had this alternative date um, set. I mean, I was wondering, like, are they just going to have to – they're going to have to cancel the concert because – they can't, like, if it was October 13th or whatever, I mean, regardless of whether the Astros get to the postseason, the thing's coming down to the end. They're still going to be in it, barring, like, some complete and utter disaster. But they're still going to be in this on October 1st, September 30th, whatever it is, um, even if they miss it. So you can't, like, just wait, you know, on October 3rd, if this thing is decided, and they they miss it, you know, they don't make the playoffs on the very last day of the season, and you can't be like, okay, Taylor Swift, you, you can come in 11 days. So they, I thought they were just going to have to go ahead and cancel in September. I'm glad that they came up with an alternative date and that Taylor Swift was willing to do that. They must have had that worked out ahead of time. So, you know, good for everybody on, on you know, having a heads up to, to have this arranged. And Allison, let me just say that before we close it out, just was so jealous of all the people that got a chance to go up to Cooperstown for that because watching everything on TV and, and the ceremony and the atmosphere and the Astros fans and everything like that, it really looked like an incredible experience and uh, really glad you were able to come on with us and share a little bit about it. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad I was able to be there. I'm glad I could, uh, could uh, talk about it a little bit and bring some insight. Thanks a bunch. Always great having you. Thanks for listening to Houston Sports Talk and make sure to check out our show Tuesdays at 9 p.m. and Wednesdays at 8 a.m. on KBreeze Sports 106.1 FM. 
You can download Houston Sports Talk on iTunes or with our brand new free Houston Sports Talk app for Android users. 